This is a Baby Brunch podcast. Is there anything cuter than tiny little socks and teeny little hats? If you can't resist buying baby clothes, you'll find it even more tempting now because Pick and Pay Baby Club members get three times smart shopper points on all baby products from Pick and Pay, including clothing. Send a free SMS with your Smart Shopper card number to 30651 to join today. This is a Baby Brunch podcast for our podcast series, for our parenting series. And today we are chatting to Janine. How are you? I'm good. I've known Janine for many, many years. She's an expert in the children's field of playing. So she does a lot of um, business in, in educate our children through, through play. But before we get started... This podcast is sponsored by Baby Bullet. The Baby Bullet is unique. It is the only blender on the market that's designed specifically for making healthy food for your toddler. It's simple to use and gorgeously designed, and it comes with everything you need to make and store a week's worth of all natural purees. Just add fresh fruits and vegetables. Janine, you're married, right? Yes. Tell me about your wedding day. Well, it was one of the best days of my life. Really? Yes. Um, everything went wrong and I absolutely loved it. Oh, no. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean everything went wrong? The zip fell out of my dress. Oh, no. So I was nearly an hour late for my wedding, um, which led my bride to think that I wasn't showing up. Oh, no. So there were a lot of texts flying around trying to figure out who had a cell phone to tell her that I actually was coming. I was just getting sewn back into my dress. <laughs> um, the night before the wedding, they broke into the baker's house and stole our wedding cake. So okay, wait. <laughs> they stole the wedding cake? They stole the wedding cake. Did you, you find it again? Uh, no, she had to bake us a scratch square from scratch, a little square cake. So we didn't have the wedding cake we ordered, but it was fine. It went down well. What do you do with a wedding cake when you steal it? Well, they stole all the ladies' booze as well. So I think they just had a joy. Uh, Maybe they were hungry. They were hungry and (laughs) and thirsty. (laughs) Wedding cake and wine. So we had a lot of faux pas, but um, in the end, it turned out to be a magical day. And uh, we really were blessed with so much love at the wedding. And yeah, really turned out to be everything we dreamed to be and more. You married a woman? Yes. Tell me about that. Well, Sam and I met in high school. Initially, we didn't like each other at all. And I think that it was the attraction towards each other that scared us. Scared I, I, us. I, no, but I, that's, that's not the first time that I hear that someone marries someone. I mean, when, when I met my husband, he was, his hair was way too long. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm not in. And his laugh was too loud. And now that same laugh, I think, is really adorable, yeah. you know. But at the time, I was like, you're kidding me, right? Come on. <laughs> Okay, so you, you know each other from, from a while back? Yeah, 21 years this year. Oh, wow, that's a long time. Yeah. When did you know that you were in love? We uh, played a truth or dare game um, to kiss each other. <laughs> and I think at that moment we knew. We knew. Um, there was always this energy between us connecting us. And, um, yeah, I think I think we knew instinctively but we fought it and after that kiss we knew this was this was our journey one of the things that i've mentioned on one of these podcasts is, is that it's sometimes very hard as a woman and as a mom to understand everybody's normal mm. 
And I realized that I'm not the normal that other people usually want to experience. So when they look at my daughter's hair and they go, oh, so how do you, how do you comb her hair? And I say, with a comb. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I realize that I'm not the normal that's, that people understand when they go, oh, my, your accent is so moy. You know, then I realize, oh, okay, I'm different. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit different than what people than what people want to experience or have experienced before. Mm. When did you realize that you are perhaps different to other people? That one day you're going to, as a woman, marry a woman and that you fall in love with other women? Late in life, um, I actually denied my feelings for a long time. Um, Sam and I... Um, Sam gave me an ultimatum at one point and said that you're either going to come out of the closet or we're splitting up. Um, and I hate that term coming out the closet because it feels like there's so much pressure mm. to be somebody that you, you're just you. And eventually that pushed me to a point that I had to make a decision. And obviously I made the right decision mm. because the moment that I made that decision and stopped caring about what everybody else thought my life should look like, I was happier, healthier, mm. and amazed by how many people were like, oh, we're just so glad you're happy. Mm. Um, because so many people for so long just thought I was on my own. Um, and yeah, so that was probably about nine years ago, even though we've been together for 21 years. What 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 does that feeling of of in the closet mean? I mean, I, I say this because as as a woman who married a man, and who is in love with a man. I remember being in high school and you admire the head girl or you love her shiny hair because you think that she's really pretty and you want to be like her. And I'm wondering if if there's anyone listening who feels that they are in the closet or they are gay and they can't tell anyone or that they're in love with another woman as a woman and they're, they're not experiencing their full potential or experiencing life. What is that feeling of in the closet? What, is it, what does it mean? What does it feel like? You feel suffocated and alone and almost scared to have a, a deep conversation with anybody new because what's if they ask, are you married? Mm. What's your husband's name? Because the moment that they are engaging in conversation with you and they see you're a female, they immediately refer to your spouse as being a male. Mm. Um, and there were so many times where I would just let them continue and allow them to think what they were. But Why? Now, because it was easier. It was easier than saying, I have a wife and waiting for the reaction. Is it going to be acceptance? Is it going to be shock? Is it going to be disgust? You don't know what the other person is going to be. Um, and eventually when I started saying, sorry, my wife, um, I used to actually get a kick out of the people's reaction because you just never knew what you were going to get. And it was more often than not, ah, what's her name, mm. you know? And then I had to almost get over myself mm. because I was prejudging those people thinking, oh, they're automatically going to be hypocrites or this or that. Mm. And strangely enough, the older Afrikaans folk were the most accepting. Sweet. It was so sweet. Saying this, that we all know Afrikaans people and we have family that are and we generally find them a little bit more conservative. Let's yeah. just call a spade a spade. Yeah. Don't you get tired of those reactions though? Yes. I don't want to change GPs or gynies or anything like that because every time I sit and fill the paperwork out, I'm coming out the closet again mm -mm. and again. That's how it feels. 
That's how it feels. Because society asks for Mr. and Mrs. Always, on all the forms. There's no married. partner one, partner two, or spouse one, spouse two. So if it's mom to- and dad, even when you enroll your kids at creche. Wow. Parent, not parent one, parent two, mom, dad. And I have to scratch it out every time. Dad appears six to seven times on a form and I've got to scratch it out every time. If we had to educate the system and say, okay, well, let's, let's sort this out quickly. What would sit comfortably with you? Parent one, parent two. Mm. Even registering your child's birth took me nearly four weeks. You are kidding me. Nearly four weeks of fighting and phone calls. And not just me. I have multiple friends that have had children and it's the same spiel every time with the same people, the same people. So, yeah, you 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 do feel at times discriminated upon. Um, eventually, we got our child's birth registered, but why did we have to go through almost four weeks of hell and begging and pleading and going to the top and being put on hold and standing in queues when you go down to the hospital foyer that's supposed to make it easy for you. I mean, I've also had a C-section. I'm also walking around in pain, mm. but now I've got to go stand in queues to register. You're also breastfeeding. Yeah. You're also a mom. Exactly. You're raising two beautiful babies, I have to say. Thank you. They're gorgeous. They really, really are. Please come for play dates. I will. <laughs> Janine, I, I sympathize and I also am very confused because I... I've known you for so long, but I've actually never, I guess it's because it's not um, different for me. I've never even asked you these questions because mm-hmm. it's not even a thing. It's just like, ask your mom and your mama if you can come past or whatever. I don't I don't understand all of it, but I, I want to talk about this because I think our parents need support. I think, I think no matter who you are, um, you need to be able to ask questions or mm. say to people, okay, but you're not alone. You know, tell me about your pregnancies. Were they were they all full term? Yes, Madison came on her due date, although I was absolutely convinced she was coming a week, uh, four weeks early. She so had I, she had really big babies. I have really to big. say, I was envious really because mine babies. mine didn't stay on for too long. Yeah. So Madison Madison decided to stay in for the very last last moment um, until we had to have an emergency C section after forty two hours labor. Yeah, we we all have that. <laughs> And then Morgan, we decided, you know what? We're not going to do all these VBAC or whatever. I'm booking the date. I know what's going on and that's it. I'm going in and I had the most amazing guy. He was so inclusive with um, Sam um, and I loved being pregnant. I loved having babies. Mm. Um, I'm glad we've stopped at two though. You won't Uh, have another one. Oh, hell no. (laughs) I need to start at some point getting some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, with two hard. years gap in between, mm. you know, the one's just out of nappies and and the other one's teething. And, mm. you know, you every day there's a new normal as they adapt and grow. And I'm just enjoying their personalities now. Um, and, yeah, so I, I always wanted four kids because Sam only does things in double digits. So it was either two or four. <laughs> Um, but we've decided that four's uh, a Eight. little bit too adventurous yeah. for us. No, 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 no. We'll stick with two. We're happy with our girls. What What do we tell our children? I mean, what would you tell the girls growing up about where they come from? Because they didn't come from from you and their mommy. They came, they came from a special place or a different place or another place. How would you explain it to them? 
Honestly. Mm. Um, Madison at four has already started asking, why okay. don't I have a daddy? Right. I really wish I had a daddy. And then we'd say, but you have a mommy and a mama. Mm. She says, yeah, but I'd like a daddy as well to play soccer with. Okay. So we showed her we can play soccer with her mm. um, because I think there's a lot of gender stereotyping mm. and we're not one of those feminists that stand and want to burn our bras to stand for our <laughs> cause. We're just like girls and boys can both mm. play soccer and boys can also do ballet. Mm. You know, you do what, what you love. Um, I must say, you and your wife, you, you're very feminine mamas. Yes. Like, like you, you visit the hairdresser far too much <laughs> and... I, from where I'm sitting, your fragrance is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, you, you, and you look good. You look really, really good. Thank Even you. after that little one of yours, you, you look fantastic. Thank you. So, so I guess it, there is a little bit of explaining to do. There is, and we just believe. Keep it honest. Um, our donor is um, confidential, or you know. So we we have kept all the information. So she mm. has all the family history. Right. She'll know exactly why we chose him, not just because of the height, because we tried to choose taller donors because we're short. Is that like a thing? Do you do you go to the donor? You go to the um, fertility specialist and right. they tell you what you like. And when we went, um, we actually felt like we were interrogated. When we left, they were like, holy hell. <laughs> like we felt interrogated. Where did you study? Are you entrepreneurial? Mm. Are you this? Are you that? Blah, blah, blah. Here's a pack of stuff that meet the criteria that you indicated you wanted. Wow. Come back and tell us which ones you want. So, and we'll so tell you yes or no. Is it a catalog? Is it a book? It's um, a selection process. You type in, are you looking for this color eyes, this height, this nationality, you know, blood types. It's That's the basic. Once I want you to look that, like Ridge Forrester. What's that guy? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> so, yeah, we went through that. Then your criteria is narrowed down to your selection and then you get the full packs. And then based on that, you do your selection. But the babies look like you. We've got very good DNA. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How do you and do you do you choose both the children from the same don't donor? We did. We did. Um, there's a lot of discussion. Like we were like, why doesn't Sam carry one? Because that's a lot of question. Why did you mm. carry both children? Yeah. Well, medically, um, Sam couldn't carry a child, um, but also she didn't want to. Mm. It wasn't her desire. It was my desire to be to pregnant. To have children. Yeah. Um, but if you had to try to distinguish th between parenting, there's no fiercer love than what she has for her daughters. That's wonderful. Um, so, yeah, we chose we chose very well, I think. <clears throat> um, our daughters have fierce personalities. Um, definitely not from me. But I, again, must say that I I also don't believe that that's all medical. I believe that it's influence. Mm. You know, their mama has got a very strong will, very definite character of what's right and what's wrong. And I can see that coming through, mm. you know, with the girls. Um, yeah, so they carry the same DNA and that for us was important for a medical um, history. And also, you know, the donor, you know, when we chose the donor, there were so many traits that were reflective of our personalities. Right. And even the um, specialist said to us, we think you've chosen well because they also get interviewed. Right. Um, so they're not going to put us with a scientist mm. and we're entrepreneurial, free-spirited type of beings. Mm. So they paired us up very well. They also look at Sam's um, features and they look at the donor's features so that our family looks more like some people actually think that 
Sam is the um, the, the, the biological um, DNA provider because sometimes people can't tell that they're my girls until they're with me and then they're like, okay, we understand. I, I, I have to ask, but could could they have other brothers and sisters or do you buy yes. the entire bank? You can buy the entire bank, but then you will literally be bankrupt. Right. Because um, you've got a really nice car, so you, could, you couldn't have bought her. You, <laughs> she was, she's got great shoes on. Um Thank okay, you. so you so they could have they could have a, a yes, brother and sister somewhere else, but it is capped at six births per donor. Okay, so um, yeah, so we will never there will never be more than six from that donor, and there could also be less. Is it expensive? It's cheaper than adopting. We okay. did try to go through the adoption right. route because we felt there's so many kids out there, there that um, needed love. Yeah. But the adoption route for gay couples is ridiculous. So we went to see a fertility specialist and it cost us a third of the cost, mm. um, which is sad because we would be very happy to be parents with two little adopted mm. children. But the journey was just too hard. Mm. I, I've seen you operate as a mom and I, I think you're very, very good. And I, I see how determined your your eldest is and and I think she's going to be a future leader. I think she's going to be extremely strong world <laughs> and probably very wealthy one day. What do you want to say to to other couples who are in a same sex partnership or marriage or who's who's miskin is a buy a bung or fuller like they they just they just don't have anyone that they can talk to or reference other than this podcast that they're listening to. I don't want to call it advice. You know, I want to, I want to just say, what, what would you like to say to them? Don't be afraid. You can have very, very well-balanced children. In fact, more balanced children because of the love and because they know that they were so wanted that we went through scientific means to get them. Wow. It wasn't an oops. It wasn't an accident. There's no way that can happen. We wanted them with every fiber of our being. So don't be afraid. What's it, what's it like having, because sometimes, sure, I think it would be nice to have another female in the house raising my kids, you know? what? Do you think that they are, other than the ones that I can think of, because I can think of a lot of benefits having two hands-on moms, right? Mm. What do you think are the benefits having two females raising raising children? I think um, they get to see totally different women personalities and dynamics and mm. that we're all different. Um, but there's a lot of nurturing and caring coming from both directions. I'm not saying that men aren't nurturing and caring, but females are just more intuitive uh, where it comes to kids. So I think um, definitely lots and lots of love and affection, and women are strong. We're strong. And I think having those role models in their lives is giving them a good grounding. We've spoken about the notion of parenting, being a mom, being in the closet or being out. I don't know why they call it that. But anyway, being out of this virtual closet, um, getting married, what are some of the misconceptions about same-sex marriages or even partnerships that are out there that you've encountered? 
do people say stuff to you openly or do they have do they have strong opinions directly aimed at you? They are. Um, I must be very honest with you. I've been fortunate not to have encountered a lot of it, but I have friends who have families who said, if you have a child, they will not be my grandchild because they will be plastic mm. because they were not conceived the way God intended them. I'm sorry. And I just believe that because I am Christian, we are a Christian family, that if God didn't intend for us to be able to procreate in other ways, he wouldn't have given us the ability as humans to find ways. Um, so I personally haven't been the brunt or borne the brunt of a lot of those questions, but they are like, oh, you're a mom and you have a wife. Uh, and then, you know, you know where that uh mm-hmm. comes in? How Who carried the baby mm-hmm. and how did it work? And I have no no absolutely no reservations about sharing my story. I'm actually quite proud of it because I love my family. Mm. I love being a mom and a wife, even to a wife. You know? do, you, do you want people to ask that question? Not always. Not always. Because it's kind so of like saying, well, what position did you conceive your child in? Sure. It yeah. kind of, it does feel like that, yeah. you know. So. Um, what would be the right thing? Like if people had to see you and your wife with your babies is it a place for questioning or is it is it a shut up and continue shopping? You know, Lana, I think it's a, a bit of a double-edged sword to answer that question because the only way people are going to become informed is if they ask questions. But then a part of me thinks, I don't want to be the case study. Like, go read a book or I don't know. I think maybe in the right setting. Mm. In, a, in a setting where you're a bunch of moms chatting about you know, struggles, life, challenges, that sort of thing. On a Baby Brunch podcast. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Where where you're there to share Mm. your story. But yeah, you know, you're standing in a shopping mall and you're having a casual conversation with a stranger and they're like, how did you you have a baby? Mm. You know, or you're pregnant and they're like, oh, um, is the dad tall? (laughs) Yeah, the donor profile said (laughs) 1.7 meters. So I think so. My wife's not. Um, you know, it's right. awkward. And also for you, if your children are with you, it becomes difficult because then they suddenly feel, why is special, this Why are they asking? asking questions? Exactly. I think generally it's, it's, um, it's sometimes very hard when you have inquisitive people around you when you're pregnant. And especially if you're in the media like I am, um, people have all kinds of questions mm. in front of our children. Do you know that I, I don't generally enjoy taking pictures with people when my children are with me because they do ask, why is the strange lady taking a picture of you? Because it's not considered normal for them. They they don't understand why someone would want to come up to you and, and, and take a picture. It's almost like uh, they, they ask for what, mm. you know. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged by how bold you are, how confident you are about something that could also be really hurtful for someone. I'm not talking about who you are, but talking and opening up about something that is not widely accepted. Like I say, and maybe I'm just too accepting of people, I don't always get it. I don't always get people's um, hang-ups <laughs> about about most things. But I hope that these conversations will will help people understand or will help all of us what's acceptable and, and what is unacceptable, especially when it comes to talking or asking questions or what is said. What are your dreams for your children for the future? That they will always know that they are enough and that they never need to be anybody but who they are. 
Um, they don't need to fit in a box. They don't need to live their life to pleasing others on what the other person's acceptable norm is. Um, and that they will be good people, kind people, um, and accepting people. Well, you know what? Motherhood never came with a manual. And apparently there's books out there that now helps us in our marriages. I wonder if there's books on how to describe mine, <laughs> how, to, how to help me along. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. If you want to hear any of our other podcasts, babybrunch.co.za. This is a parenting podcast to just lend support and to, to help all of us understand what this is really about. Thanks, Janine. Pleasure. Thank you. Is there anything cuter than tiny little socks and teeny little hats? If you can't resist buying baby clothes, you'll find it even more tempting now because Pick and Pay Baby Club members get three times smart shopper points on all baby products from Pick and Pay, including clothing. Send a free SMS with your smart shopper card number to 30651 to join today.